Hello and welcome to another episode of the Being Heard podcast. Today we have Jackie Howe with us, who is a very inspirational woman and somebody who I've been getting to know over the last couple of years. Jackie is the founder of the Springwood Sanctuary, which is a beautiful, incredible space held in Wales that houses two herds now of horses. Jackie, how many horses do you have there currently? total? 27. 27 horses. So there's two herds there at the moment. There's the free herd and the wild herd. And the wild herd joined this year and the free herd have been with Jackie for since 2012. Is that right? Um, Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So Jackie is an experienced holistic therapeutic practitioner and a mindfulness with animals coach. Uh, She guides people through and into deep states of stillness and connection and love to be experienced with nature and the herd at the sanctuary. So at the sanctuary, there are mares, geldings, horses, ponies, and donkeys all living together. And the mission is to inspire a shift in awareness and consciousness away from the use and misuse of animals in any way. They also support others by being a model for change so that this harmonious way of being can be replicated around the world. So Jackie, welcome to the Being Heard podcast. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you very much for inviting me, Delara. It's such an honour to be here and um, share everything that we're doing with with a wider audience. So thanks. You're welcome. Um, The first question that I want to ask you is, what does it feel like for you when you're in a deep state of listening with the herd wow let's jump right in (laughs) the deep and juicy (laughs) oh wow yes um so everything shifted in my awareness around inner states for myself and and the animals in my care and and animals generally wild animals um when i started practicing mindfulness and just to really simplify what that is for me, it's just like being in the present moment state. So what does that feel like for me? Very peaceful, very, very aligned, I'm trying to put it into words that's more of a feeling. Um, and and we so we so much rely on words um, that it's really difficult to kind of portray an actual feeling isn't it but mm. the horses are so good at that and and they're such amazing barometers of our inner state so if we're feeling a bit jangled or out of kilter or um yeah stuff's going on for us and we're and we're trying to put on a mask they totally pick up on that and so I love that about I love that about them that actually if I you know I can't just go oh I'm feeling okay because I want to be okay around them um I actually need to take a breath before I go into their area acknowledge I'm going into their space really energetically just is something that I just do as a matter of course of just acknowledging that as I go through that gate into their into their land this is their territory um and the more i can be in that present moment state of awareness the more i'm on their wavelength and oh i mean reading your book just describes that so so beautifully everything that i read in your in your book the healing language of horses is is just like sitting with the herd it's so beautiful i love that so thank you so much for 
for writing, <laughs> like sharing that with the world. So <laughs> I guess that's what it feels like. <laughs> um, so you managed to put it into words. Um, just a really deep inner state of stillness, I think, mm. is the best way to describe it. Yeah, no, I love that. Thank you. And it's uh, thank you for bringing forward the horse's words in the book, because that's exactly how it was created, was literally just sitting in presence and stillness with them. And what comes to mind when I hear you say all of that is respect. Mm. Like, you know, this approach to horses with the taking a deep breath beforehand, getting centered, checking in with ourselves, making sure that we're grounded. It's such a respectful and natural, ideally, way of coexisting with them. Because I feel like what we're doing is saying hello. You know, we're saying we are um we're acknowledging their presence by getting present ourselves. And through getting present ourselves, we're acknowledging our own energy, which again in today's day and age, just how often does that happen on a regular basis, you know? And it, it just that's what comes to mind is the respect that you have for horses. And have you found that on your journey with them and through, you know, you you live in such close proximity to them, similarly to how I do, but you have so many more horses there and you're with them every day. And it's it's probably a constant journey and a practice that brings you into many different layers and levels of yourself. Have you found that in your relationship with human beings, you're able to take that that level of respect to yourself and to the human beings that you have in your life as well? Has that been kind of a teaching from them or do you compartmentalize it? So you, when you're with the horses, that's, that's the kind of, that's the state and the switch that happens within you so that you can really respect and connect with them. <laughs> I'd love to say yes. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do struggle with taking that same learning out to fellow human beings I'm getting much better about it it's a journey it's like a process and the more I immerse myself in being around the horses the better I am at really being able to verbalize my needs and uh, in a compassionate way and and in a trying to be in a non-judgmental way but sometimes I just react, you know, in a note that's not right and you can't treat me like that. And then I look at the horses and I see them do that as well. You know, like if somebody comes into their space, they're like, no, mm -hmm. step into my area. I told you, I gave you that look. I gave you a subtle sign. You disrespected that. And now I'm going to just put my hoof down quickly and um, and then go back to grazing. And so I think that's the lesson that I try and take out. It's like, it's okay. I'm not going to beat myself up about it and feel really bad if I overreact on something because somebody's pushed me into trying to push my boundaries. Trying to, I think a lot of people see, you know, I might kind of, you know, try and, because I'm trying to be in the present moment, um, maybe, that you know, that gets seen as sort of floating around a bit. <laughs> <laughs> gently and then misinterpret that for oh I'm a bit of a like you can oh we can enforce our will here and stuff and or we can tell you what to do and 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 I've have you know I've really struggled with that for a lot of my life of just you know how do I 
be confrontational and, and actually being around the horses has really helped with that. And like it's okay to be a bit confrontational if somebody is trying to push you into a corner and to say no and to stand up for what you you believe in um without just beating yourself up about it afterwards and feeling like you're the worst person in the world because you're not letting everybody do what they want and sending everybody love and so yeah it's just a constant journey for me (laughs) yeah it totally it's that it's the balance between and that's where horses are such good teachers because I was talking to somebody about this the other day how they they're able you know because they're so in the present moment they react or respond to their environment so quickly yeah. it's instant yeah. but then the return to the state they're in before is also instant so it's like there's this constant ebb and flow of of responding to their world in a in a non exactly like you said in a non-judgmental and what's what I want to say almost kind of it doesn't really matter way. It's only human beings, you know, we put so much meaning onto things and rightly so, because they can, you know, really help us navigate through the world and within our connections and relationships and to understand how to best show up for people and ourselves and things. But horses are, there's such a clarity about them. And I feel like it's almost the schooling that we need. When you were talking, I was thinking about school, like school came to my mind and how I wish I had had horses as my teachers when I was being educated, mm. you know, and how how that would have affected my own development in terms of relating to people. And yeah. it is important, you know, you hold space for a lot in your life and mm. you hold space for a lot of horses. You have people coming in and volunteering. You have people living on site with you. You've also got your own inner world you know in your own self to hold space for and it is the journey of accepting your responses is is for everyone and when you're holding space for that much it's like that's really going to be in your face because you're going to be talking to lots of different people you've got lots of different decisions to make and that's something I'd like to ask you about it really amazes me how much you do I'm kind of floored by it and what does it take for you personally on your journey of, you know, the sanctuary now for a little bit of history for people, you were based in um, Sussex and then you moved the herd to Wales. And it was, it was quite the, I don't want to say ordeal, but it was quite the shift. You know, you suddenly had to, in a really short period of time, pick up everything and move everyone to Wales to an area you haven't lived before that's yep. miles away from where you know and start again. And our whole support network and all of our sponsors and all of our volunteers. And we'd we'd gradually built up our herd. We hadn't suddenly taken on 12 horses. We'd gradually, we'd started with one and then, oh, they need a solid companion rather than, you know, field mates that are coming and going. And mm-hmm. and then, oh, actually, maybe maybe a few more would be more of a herd sort of, you know, dynamic, maybe maybe three or four. Um, yeah. <laughs> to gradually taking in, you know, more and more and going, oh, this feels more comfortable and just easing into that, you know, stretching my comfort zone to what you know to what I felt okay with um and then yeah and growing our volunteer network so that again you know one person at a time and feeling really comfortable with them around just for a short period of time and then they'd go and then maybe another day you know I'd have a day on my own and then another day somebody else would 
come along and um and just easing into that and easing into people being in my space because one of the reasons I set up the sanctuary was because I I feel really like I need to have my own sanctuary I, you know it's a sanctuary for me as much as it is for the horses and the wildlife I need to have my own safe space um, as a bubble away from the world I struggled massively with let's <laughs> put a label on it existential depression you know just just being in this world being part of this world being a human being in this world where I just looked around me and went you know what the hell I mean you know mm-hmm. I know we talked a little bit about what's going on at the moment with with Israel and Gaza and it's just so heartbreaking but you know there's just always heartbreaking horrendous stuff going on and it's hard being a human that's compassionate and sensitive and not shut down from all of that mm-hmm. bloody hard it's hard to stay open yeah yeah um and um so I kind of felt yeah I needed to set up a set up a safe place for me to be um, so to suddenly kind of go, okay, this is my safe space, but I actually need the support of other people around me was was also, you know, that was like a real challenge to actually, you know, back to our earlier conversation about how do I how do I react around people? It's like actually in you know in my ideal world without growing and challenging myself. Um, the easiest thing is to take yourself away from all of that and be a hermit, you know, and not have people at all, and then and just be around animals. So they're so much simpler and easier. <laughs> um, yeah. But actually, and that was, I guess, my coping mechanism through my childhood. I just I was alone a lot, and I learned that actually the person I could rely on was me. So yeah, um, to suddenly be around lots of people um, was a you know was a challenge, but. Just I did it gradually and slowly. So to suddenly go back, you know, going back to your question, to suddenly be in Wales, move 250 miles away from all of that network of people that I'd become really familiar with, felt really safe around, really trusted to know that they respected the horses in the same way and they gave them their autonomy and I could, you know, really feel like I was supported. Um, in doing the work that I was doing to suddenly be away from all of them and feeling so guilty as well because those people were like I think you know none of us do things totally altruistically um, with the best will in the world I mean maybe there are some people who do things totally altruistically but you know I think it it always feeds a need in us as well to you know whatever we're doing and I definitely, you know, all of the people that came to the sanctuary who helped me amazingly and helped the horses amazingly, it helped them too. You know, it helped them by being in nature. I made sure that I made time to share some mindfulness techniques with them and share some beautiful heart healing sessions with the horses with them or just spend some time with the trees or just pointing out natural rhythms of the seasons, you know, and just little things that actually are huge things in the world because we don't usually make time for those. Mm -hmm. Um, So to suddenly take that away from people on their regular weekly visit was really huge as well for me. It was like, I felt so guilty. I do still feel guilty and I still get messages from people going, we miss you. We miss the Saint James. Oh, it's hard. It's really, I know. It's really yeah. hard. <laughs> oh, um, so thank you. If anybody's listening who has volunteered for me in the past, and I 
take myself 250 miles away from you and you still come and visit every so often. I love you all and so grateful to you all and thank you. And I'm sorry I moved. <laughs> um, but just, yeah, build up that network again. is It's a gradual growing process. We've been here three years and it's it's we're still, you know, finding our way with that. Uh, what are some of the lessons that the horses have shared with you since you moved there with regards to you know starting again receiving support holding space being a space holder and your own mindfulness journey for yourself what are some of the key lessons that you feel the herd have shared with you up to this point anyway the biggest one is that it's okay to go and be on your own i think that's really interesting watching them you know they've got this amazing herd dynamic they support each other there for each other, bring new ones in, the dynamic changes. It's awesome to see, you know, some feeling that they can step into a different, bigger embodiment of love and support. Um, and some of them feeling like, oh, this is a bit challenging, but then allowing themselves to be vulnerable with, with existing herd members to be supported and all of that. But then sometimes they just take themselves off on their own and they just hang out, come down to the barn for a bit of time or they, I'll see them just hanging out under a tree somewhere and I'll go and observe from a distance, not wanting to be in their space and just they're fine. They're absolutely fine. They're just having time. And that for me, that is how I support myself. I just make sure that I have so much time for self-care. Mm-hmm. And there's always that guilt thing of like, oh, should we do this? And God, I've got all these people that are thinking I'm doing all of this stuff and I should be doing it now. And <laughs> yeah. God, I, I feel you so much with the guilt. Sorry, I just had to have to interject there for a second. There's a, I, I feel like maybe that's something we should touch on because anybody who, I feel, okay, so when people often, it's not just the transition, but let's just stick with that. When people transition from the conventional way of being with horses into, say, a more holistic, um, open-minded, natural way of connecting, there seems to be this, rightly so, this surge up to the heart. And that surge often says, I want to save and I want to help and I want to do everything I can to support. And so I've noticed there are a lot of you know spaces that are set up from from that state of being of being more heart-centered and people want to help animals and there are sanctuaries that are set up but for anybody out there who has been is maybe in that transition or who has never even spent any time around horses and is just called to provide a home and a space for them where they can be and they can heal there are certain themes that come up with horses with every single horse person i know touches on which is one is guilt <laughs> for some reason there's this I know I have it in my day-to-day life with my herd of always feeling like I should be doing more and there's always something more I can learn or you know being I want to be with them all the time and if I'm not then I feel guilty about it and yeah I would just love to hear you talk about that for a minute maybe some themes that have really come up for you on your journey because you've been doing this for a long time now and some advice for anybody who is looking to set up a sacred space for horses or any animals, because it's a very personal, deep initiation that is experienced alongside animals and beings who are so wise 
And sometimes I feel like such a student and like, I don't know anything. And I know that other people will feel like that. So if you have any words of wisdom from your path. <laughs> um, I don't know about words of wisdom, but yes, I feel, oh yes, I say resonate. Yeah, I feel, yeah, I'm, and I think it's a good thing to always feel a student, isn't it? Because you're always then open to learning and questioning and questioning yourself and learning from them, learning from other people, you know, not just kind of going, oh, I know the answer, so I don't want to listen to what you've got to tell me. Or, you know, there's always some little nuggets of really amazing wisdom and truth that, that people can share, even if you don't particularly resonate with the whole message. So that's my big kind of like a big thing for me um has has been for a lot of my life of not not to throw the baby out with the bathwater in learning like there's there's always things that aren't going to resonate and to just cherry pick and put into your tool bag those little nuggets of yes I like this and I like that and to make things my own so I think having a very religious upbringing um in Catholic and and Church of England, two two different convents, um, very kind of dogmatic, and and then having lots of different training that were quite was quite dogmatic, and you know, this is the way we do things, um, and this is the way the way you have to say things and uh, and stuff. Mm. Yeah, I just I don't think that for me religion or doing a things a certain way works for me. What what works for me is is taking um taking what I feel is truth and what really resonates with me and then making something my own. So um No, but that's that's a really powerful point because trusting your intuition and your body, essentially, and the messages that uh, want to come through you is key. Mm. Key. And that also means taking risks, I found, and doing things that maybe haven't been done before. But ultimately, it's the, it's the trust in your intuition and your self-knowing, which can often come from a place of, okay, I really have no idea, but this feels right. Yeah. And and it's 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 the mystery invisible way, isn't it? It's which is the opposite of the, your religious upbringing and the structure and and the, yeah. this is how you do things. It's dismantling all of that. Yeah. And saying what's what's within me, and trusting that rather than trusting an external source. Yeah. Um, you did touch on, uh, you know, what's happening in the Middle East right now, which is a really sensitive point for obviously many, 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 many people and uh, for me as well. And I thought it would be good to talk about trauma. And you've worked with, you know, all of your horses are rescues. They have been through the wild herd are also rescues. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So all of the horses are rescues and they've been through. So the, the horses that aren't rescues um, from me personally were, um, a lot of them have been rescued by other people. We have we have five retirement liveries. Okay. Five, I think. You know, I don't like to think of them as, this is a rescue, this one's had this background, this doesn't, you know, to me, I just look at them and I like for everybody to look at them as this this beautiful herd of, of heal, you know, in this lovely healing state and in, on this beautiful land, and they're these wise, incredible beings. Rather than putting labels on a this is a rescue and this one's not, and this is a retirement livery and this one's not, and blah, blah, blah. but but we have a mixture of 
some people who are amazing guardians of their horses who've gone, actually, I want this for my horse that's in my care, or my horse, even my horse, I feel is a wrong kind of term. I don't like the word owner. I like the word guardian or, you know, carer. And, yeah, the horses I'm caring for actually needs more, um, more land, more companionship, and, and actually by them coming here, they can have that, but quite often those people live hundreds of miles away, mm. you know, five, five, six hours away to come and visit. And I feel that to me, I have so much respect for those people. It almost, <laughs> it always makes me feel really emotional when I think about it because I just think that's such a beautiful thing to do to kind of just be totally selfless and go, okay, I'm going to pay the same amount that I pay. <laughs> that I could be having all of this enjoyment and all this hard work, obviously looking after them um, myself, but but actually, or I could be putting them into a livery yard around the corner where I can be seeing them the whole time and somebody else does all that work for me, or they can go all the way to Wales and they can have literally heaven on earth is what I try and emulate. I try, you know, for me, it's exceptional care. Yeah. It's, it's such beautiful land here and trying to give them everything that they they need um, and questioning that totally all the time and trying to make changes and just yeah really yeah giving them giving them their needs and, and making sure that they're met yeah so for somebody to to put their trust in me um, to you know to to look after um, the horse in their care in that way and and uh, so that that horse can have that a level of freedom and autonomy. I think is awesome. It's such a beautiful gift to, to to give. It is, and it says a lot about about you and them trusting their intuition that you're the right person to do that, yeah. and that you are helping to create the right space for them. So it's a it's a real contract, um, regardless of whether one's aware of it or not. And you know, yes, when I see pictures, you know, I was on your website preparing for this podcast, and I've been down to the sanctuary a couple of times now and the energy is just I mean it's just incredible it's through the roof and it's the herd are that they are one family one united incredible you know family of beings and at the same time they have they are that and they have become that from pasts that were the polar opposite and that is what I see you are creating on the planet is this blueprint of of space and energy for future generations to be able to tap into which is something i'm really passionate about talking about which is that's if we have this the opportunity to do that then we need to do it because the industry needs to shift and it needs to change and this is part of how it's done and in terms of you know what's going on on the planet right now and moving from one state to another, moving from a traumatized state to a healed state, moving from, say, um, a fragmented state into an integrated state, you you do have experience with that and you've been able to hold, again, hold space for these horses to come into that healed, amazing, unified bond and to feel so safe. What is that process like for you? Um. Total acceptance of where they're at is my, yeah, total respect for their autonomy. So that's my, I think that's, you know, that's my biggest thing is 
just giving them autonomy is so important. And most horses, most domesticated horses don't have autonomy, aren't given autonomy. And if you talk to people who are keeping their horses in a traditional way, we had a, a horse arrive the other day um, who their horse transporter was struggling with one of their horses that had had all sorts of things done to it in the past and him in the past. And he, um, he they'd rescued this pony and he was telling me how his daughter can do all sorts of things with this pony now because they've got lovely trust. But he's he's terrified of men. And um, so I started just saying, well, if you if you can just give him that space and if you can just, you know, do very simple mindfulness techniques like give your feet a wiggle and just really ground yourself and listen to the birds and not put your attention on him and just be in this moment, be really still, be a bubble of peace as much as you can, then he'll see you as something different to how he perceives other men. And even if it's healing his relationship with you and no other men, that would be so massive for him because he'd kind of accepted that, oh, he doesn't like men. He just likes my daughter. He just, you know, it's okay with women, but he he doesn't like men at all. So, um, you know, if you can just really still your mind and just be in this bubble and and just hang out sort of near him, but not putting your attention on him. It might really help. It's helped all of the horses who come here, just having that and just having no expectation of actually touching or wanting to be near, but just making yourself that bubble of peacefulness. And his immediate reaction (laughs) was, oh, yes, 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 that's what I do all the time anyway. Because this is what we do as humans. It's like we don't like to be told how to do things. And he was in his... Yeah. I'm the I'm the horse transporter. I know how to handle horses. I'm the big kind of, you know, person that can control everything and I I can, you know. And I think suddenly he realized that he'd kind of been a bit vulnerable and showed that maybe he didn't couldn't do this with this horse and oh no, I need to pretend that I can do everything now. And we're so oh, we're so um scared of being able to, you know, show our our vulnerability in that, don't we? So um, he kind of immediately went, and I was like, yeah, 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 I know. And I know, like, if somebody had said that to me, probably, you know, when I was keeping my ponies traditionally and horses traditionally, I think I probably would have had exactly the same response. Because we think we're doing this. We think we are, I think everybody who's around horses thinks, you know, you know that you have to be, let your, you know, let all of the the day-to-day rubbish kind of subside and try and be there in the moment for them. Might not actually term it in the moment, but be there, right? You know, be in sort of as still as you can for horses. But actually what you need to do is just take it to an even deeper level than that. And it's not like we, I think everybody around horses does this kind of instinctively. Um, They're very good at teaching us to do that. But it's taking it to that next level of real absolute, like I am a bubble of peacefulness. And in being that bubble of peace, you can sense, I know, I trust fully that they can sense that. And if they react to something, it's de-escalating that that energy for them by just going, okay, nothing here to see, it's fine. 
if you've got a problem with this situation, it's completely understandable. I totally, totally get, you know, everything that you react to, it's totally understandable. That's fine. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's like, I think, you know, at its, at its essence, I do think it is that simple of just holding this incredible space as much as you possibly can of just absolute groundedness and absolute peacefulness. And they get it, you know, like they even before they've taken a foot off the horse box, they get it. And just consistently, one after the other. It's not like, you know, to start with, it was like, oh, well, oh, it's a bit of a, you know, coincidence that this one's still, oh, that's worked as well. And, oh, this is a bit of a, like, that was lucky. And, oh, it's worked this one as well. And yeah. and now I just, like, I totally trust however traumatised they are and however much people can write three-page emails about all of these things that you can't do with this horse and you can't do with that horse and, you know, blah, 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 and I'll read it all and I'll take it on board and, of course, you know, and, of course, I want to know their history and what's what's their triggers and everything, but just totally trusting in that moment when I'm making that connection with them for the first time that they're safe and and I won't touch them or go near them if they don't want me to, and it's fine and they're they're safe here mm. and and I think obviously having you know the more horses that are here in that bubble and have got that, then obviously they emanate that for the other the other beings that come as well and so that all helps and we kind of magnify this we're not kind of just downplaying it that word but we do all magnify this incredible peaceful healing energy for them which they pick up on and I think I think actually even before they've arrived they uh, again I don't think I know before they've arrived they have they know the way they're coming and they know that it's going to be safe here i think that they're, they're they're so wise they know that it is uh, their knowing is way beyond anything that we can we can actually comprehend so yeah i don't know really what we can say more than that i mean it, it is a huge process um but actually just being being that peace it does it is felt it is really felt and that's and I, and i feel as far as conflict in the outer world we are this microcosm of of this bubble of peace and love and energy and and i say that and there's part of me sitting on my shoulder going oh laughing at me going yeah but you're not peace and love and blah, and you just had a go at somebody for being you know whatever you know and, and <laughs> human being and I, I am not this wafty lovely zen person all the time but I try to hold that awareness and consciousness and I try to yeah walk with that in my life as much as possible and that awareness that actually the more that we can be like that and it's Gandhi so amazingly be the change you, you want to see in the world and that's you know that's one of my mantras just trying to be what you want to see, trying to trying to be this acupuncture point of love and light and healing in the world. And I do firmly believe that if we the more of us that can hold that, it's connecting to a grid across the earth um to hold this beautiful light and healing and and we can affect others consciousness the more that we can just put that out there so yeah 
and we do affect others' consciousness. Um, so there with you, all of that is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And it's sometimes I feel that the horses are the grid mm. and we yes we have a choice and then I also feel like there is a some kind of you know for lack of a better word a contract that as souls we sign up for to be called to that grid and to set our intentions for healing in whatever capacity that is and you're again as a human being like we're we're not meant to be peace love and light all the time i believe that that's it's slightly off point for our human experience because energy is meant to move through us in whatever way energy wants to move and that means that we're going to have lots of different emotions and things you know beliefs to you know adjust and things to heal and the main thing is what is our intention and hearing you say, you know, I try and and be that. What I feel in response to that is your intention again and again to come into a space of healing and peace and to light up the area that you're living in with the herd, almost like following that grid. And you've like aligned with the grid that they're creating and that they are orchestrating. Because I do feel like horses do that. They They weave and they create for us to follow and stand in and your intention to show up every day in that has cultivated this almost sort of cloud but i feel like i'm seeing a this web of energy that the horses that are coming in obviously like you said they know they're like i'm going there <laughs> because that they're part of the grid and they're part of the wave and they're following as well in a way but they're probably part of setting it up to, to you know and over time the people that you meet and the situations that are going to come forward for you the entrainment into that peace and into that healing and the effect that it has is is certain like it's absolute that's what i feel it's like that's why we're here and we are such a blink of an eye in the bigger picture and that can help us get into this humble state of what can I do in this moment, coming back to that presence with horses of just taking a breath before entering the field or taking a breath before approaching, you know, one of your horses or a horse closely. It's an invitation to ask, you know, what can I do in this moment to show up for the light and the healing and whatever is it needs to move through me? And they are perfect space holders for that. And we are learning how to anchor that into our being. And so I'd love everything you just shared. Thank you. Thank you for, yeah, giving me the, um, yeah, just it's nice to, yeah, talking is so important, isn't it? To sort of actually acknowledge that because there's lots of this stuff that I just I have whizzing around in my consciousness and awareness um but actually voicing it is is important um yeah it's it's nice to you kind of appreciate it on a deeper level when you when you verbalize it don't you definitely it's i noticed that for some people it's it's easier for them to not talk about it and 
internalize very deeply or write. And then for others, and this I'm definitely included in this, hearing ourselves talk about it is part of the, the integration and part of the process of coming to a deeper understanding of what it is that's actually going on. And, you know, when you're with horses and in nature every day, it can be it can be lonely, but it can also be solitary and very internal and a lot of stillness and a lot of reflection. So then creating micro communities where we can connect with each other to talk about our experiences is very important. And that's also what you're doing. Do you feel like the sanctuary will evolve more in that area in terms of having more people there and creating more of a micro community for people to almost output their energy in their experiences of of the herd, you know, so that things can be created, like ideas can come to fruition or whatever it is from the energy that has been cultivated there? Um, what I'd like to do is more outreach out outside the sanctuary, taking, uh, I'm in, <laughs> in process, but the process has been over the last few years of creating a, a film about the sanctuary. Um, and at some stage we will get that finished and it will be amazing and there'll be a reason why it's taken so long. <laughs> um, and I think something, you know, something in film and something um, as an outreach outside the sanctuary to, to show people what we're creating here feels to me at the moment the right way to go forward to kind of to to share because we have groups of people that come in and we have individual people who come in to either stay in one of our either the yurt or a retreat country <laughs> and um and come and just have lovely sanctuary stays and um people who come and volunteer just on a sort of one-to-one -one basis um we have very small groups so we we've started we've linked with a um with a lovely local group in in Wales who partnership with Mind, the mental health charity, mm -hmm. and they have some volunteer days here where they come and we give them a lovely vegan lunch and then they come and do something on the land and they just come and walk on the land, be on the land, and they enjoy the space, and that feels really nice. But um, whenever we have a big group of people coming, so that's sort of about twelve people who come at once and they come in a minibus and the horses. The horses literally sort of stand against the fence line and looking like, what the hell's going on here? Wow, you know, because we just don't have loads of people. We're not a, we're not open to the public. We're not, um, we don't have open days. We don't have lots of people around. Um, mm. And I like that. I like that quietness, and I love the fact that the horses can trust that this is a safe space. There's not loads of different people's energy when these people this group of people come off the bus uh, their minibus before they've even seen the horses I say it's so important to give them autonomy nobody goes into their space you're not going to be going onto the land um, if they come up to the fence line because they want to say hello to you then that's okay but they you can't just you know it's getting our needs met by giving them scratches and stuff you know a lot and it's just mm. it's really important and and I've noticed how so many people, their eyes widen and they're like, they've heard that for the first time in their life, that somebody has acknowledged that it's important that, you know, we're all as living beings given autonomy over over our 
you know, our own bodies. And it's not okay for somebody to just walk up and touch you or pet you or, you know, do anything they want to with you. It's not okay. Um, and and it's exactly the same for humans. And, you know, it's not okay to be in a relationship with somebody who just needs to get their own needs met. So that that always goes down really well, actually. I love that, that, you know, people actually really suddenly get like, oh, wow, this is somewhere different. It's, it's really respecting on that level. Um, but... And it is nice to share it, but I, I not I don't want to grow into a big place that's suddenly got lots of people and we're doing lots of outreach here because it will ruin the essence of that stillness and quietness and healing space for the horses. I I believe I there may be a time where I feel like oh if we can do it in this way and this feels okay, but at the moment I I just love keeping it really small and and quiet and and a, a safe place for people to come and be um, and come and and find healing and immersion in nature. And, you know, I'm looking at maybe doing some lovely silent meditation retreats um, in the yurt on the land next year, um, mm. just camping on the land and and being and being supported by me doing some mindfulness sessions or guided meditation if they want, or just literally just having time on their own. I think that's where our strength is, actually, just somewhere really unique that that can be a really quiet space and then the outreach i feel will come from 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 this film or from we we are doing a gorgeous fundraising calendar this year and i feel like that's going to be such a lovely oh what's the word for it just you know just a really uh, we've got some amazing photographs taken by an incredible equine photographer georgina weston who is a friend of the sanctuary, she's taken all of these hundreds of beautiful photographs, totally donated her time and, and the photographs for free mm. to support the herd. Um, and we've used these in the calendar and they're just gorgeous. And I'm hoping that that might be a really nice outreach. You know, if the calendar takes off and becomes a thing year after year of like, oh, I want the spirit calendar. You know, that's yeah. our way of getting a message out. So I think there are ways of getting the message out there of horses living with autonomy and freedom and people being able to live in an undomesticated way without that control and stuff themselves. Um, and nature and wildlife, rewilding, conservation grazing, all of those different aspects without actually ruining the peacefulness that we've got here. So, yeah. Mm. What do you see as uh, two different questions? Really. What do you see as the future of the equine industry? But also I would love to know, what your desire is for the equine industry as it is, you know, ideally we're all going through this shift, which will continue and moving into a more holistic symbiotic relationship with horses is in my opinion, a given it absolutely is happening and it needs to continue to happen. And every person who makes that shift is a major contribution. Yeah, What do you see in the future unfolding for the equine world? Um, I see that shift happening. I really do. I think when I first started doing this, I mean, I, I stopped riding blimey, 20, 17 years ago. And I was questioning it for a few years before then. And I, to put my head over the parapet and say, I don't ride anymore and I don't agree in riding was huge. 
like I really chose selectively who I would actually voice that to just because it was such a big thing. And now there are huge groups of people who who advocate for not riding. And that yeah. is just so awesome. You know, in not only in my lifetime, but just in a really short period of my lifetime. Um, it's the same with, you know, the whole vegan movement. You know, when, 10 years ago when I shifted from vegetarian to vegan, it was like, oh, my God, how, what do you eat? How can you do this? And now, you know, it's it's... You know, it's pretty much mainstream. You know, you go to any restaurant, you've got vegan menu just given to you as like, are you vegan? You know, not even having to ask for one and feeling like some weirdo, or do you have anything that you could convert in your menu? You know, yeah. um, and it's the same. I think you know these shifts are happening massively, and it is the same. You know, the the whole vegan thing is you know the same really as the normal. You know, it's respect for other beings. It's you know, not being speciesist, um, you know, the dog, the dog that, you know, snuggles up on your lap, on your, on your bed or whatever is, you know, given, given as much respect as, as the horse in your field. And you wouldn't put a gag in your horse, on your dog and expect it to take shopping to, you know, your car and do this, that and the other. And, but you expect a horse to earn its keep if you're in that traditional mindset or you, you know, yeah. And, and people are waking up to that and going, okay, I, yeah, actually this is, I don't want to treat one animal one way and one animal another way. They're all the same. They all have, they're all sentient beings just like humans and they all have feelings. And, and I feel like people, people are really, people are really working, waking up and therefore the competitive equine industry has to fall away. It just has to. It, it can't be supported in that. We'll look at it like we do bear baiting and dog fighting and cock fighting and stuff soon. I have no doubt. And I think the people who are, you know, vocal against that are people who are scared that, you know, their livelihoods or their passions and their everything will will have to shift and I do understand that, you know, I was there. I was part of that whole traditional riding, competing mindset. So I do understand how you can get completely socially conditioned into that um, and never question it. But I think once that awareness is there and once you've got that consciousness, it's impossible to not see it. You can't unsee it once you've seen it. Uh, it's happened to me. It's happened to thousands and thousands of other people. So it's just got to carry on growing. That you know, mm-hmm. it's just it's just lovely to be a small part of that to model a change for a new way forward. I mean, the the, the amount of people that used to say to me, "Yes, but what's going to happen to all these horses?" And you know, it's the same thing as what's going to happen to all these cows and sheep that are bred for eating. They won't be carrying on being bred. You know, there will be a there is a transition period and there will be more people like us who keep herds with respect and autonomy and freedom of choice and people will realize that actually keeping a horse in a stable on a little one or two acre turnout paddock is not you know is not giving them that and and seek out either doing it themselves or seek out other people that can that can give them just like you know the amazing people that have sought Spungwood out um, for their horses to be. 
um yeah i mean i you know i just started with this very small kind of this is this is not what i want to be part of anymore but i do want horses in my life and so how can i do this um and and maybe i could get a couple of hairy cobs that could just live out in a field and and have lovely life and i could get to hang out with them if they wanted to hang out with me and suddenly i have an x-ray horse on my hands that's wired to the hilt and on her hind legs the whole time and she's ever asked to do it the thing was like mm, that's not quite the hairy cop how did this happen <laughs> um, but she needed then companionship and and it grew very very gently i mean i was lucky that i had a lot of confidence around horses because i had an upbringing of this you know horrendous traditional blah blah blah, blah that a lot of people have, have had Ugh, but you know, just I also have friends who've never had horses around who've just really called to have horses in their life um, and have learnt to, you know, to look after them um, in a really beautiful way with a lot of freedom and respect and autonomy. And I, and I look at my partner, David, and I see, you know, him, he's never been around horses in any traditional way. And I just, I envy him so much not having all of that guilt and that stuff that conditioning to let go of and stuff and he can he just hangs out with them and he sees their beautiful hearts and their their beautiful gentle i mean with with missy who is the ex-race also i was just talking about you know was totally wild totally angry he she was just she was so calm and beautiful with him just from from the moment he met her there was never any any aggression or any any fear because he just saw her for the beautiful heart that she was and it was incredible and it was such a lesson to me of like yeah beautiful oh my <laughs> god <laughs> <laughs> and i guess thinking about it that was probably the biggest biggest teacher was you know him yeah her with him was the yeah. biggest lesson to me and all of this it's like oh okay oh. <laughs> yeah yeah it, it it starts with it starts with our awareness. Yeah. Where does that awareness come from? You know, do we, will we ever really know? And it's not really the point. The point is that it does come and, and it enlivens us into a new way of being. And as you said, that new way of being cannot not happen. Mm-hmm. It's the, I feel like it's, it's the driving divine force that has us create what our soul is here to help create. And the image of David and Missy, I just, oh my God. <laughs> oh, it's the simplicity of, you know, I keep the sentences coming to my mind of when we drop into our heart, the story stops. And yeah. I feel that, you know, so many people who have been around horses felt this, the the heart frequency that they give off is, you know, it's, you know, the Heart Math Institute obviously have their their measurements on on the the power of that and how ultimately we are in training with their heart energy and what happens is you know the story stops and for somebody who's been part of the conventional world of forces the story begins to dismantle and it can be really really challenging to look at the the actions that we've taken and and, and the whole thing really but to have such a clear, simple, like visual 
message and experience through being able to witness David and Missy is so timely to me. I'm like, yes, of course, of course you've had that because in a way they kind of represent the whole mission and the whole image and the whole vision of the of Springwood Sanctuary, which is, you know, the autonomy and the the peace and the connection and the truth that comes through the heart when you're really prepared to drop out of the mind and into the body, which is your mindfulness. So it's like, it just, yeah, it's so beautiful. Jackie, thank you so much for being here and for your voice and your energy and what you're creating is just really floors me. And it's so humbling to see. And I really hope that everyone listening to this is able to pick up from you how possible it is to create a world of of autonomy and respect and honor for the horses that are present on this planet right now and how we all have a role to play. And we are all contributing through our choices. So yeah, thank you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for, you know, also all, all of your support energetically for the sanctuary and also physically and energetically with your beautiful treatments that you come and give to them. And that's that's also, you know, just adding that in as a last a last note, um, you know, is part of part of that is to to really invite into the sanctuary beautiful beings who energetically support us as well. So it's that's another big part, you know, and that's something that I'm really, you know, I'm really it's important to make space for, to to really invite people who really resonate with you. Um and your heart frequency and your truth and and say actually i can't you know we can't none of us can do this on our own so thank you for all the support you give to us Mm, so welcome so welcome and thank you to all of you for listening 